0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have alongside with me my friend, my co-host, Parker Fleming, who is dressed like a man who has just chopped wood for three hours. I'm, I'm not really sure why. Parker, uh, how's it going, man? What's going on?
1: Yeah, look, um, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've been doing right before I get on this podcast. So um, also, I'll say, look, I dress like this and you know what didn't happen the bear that's in my neighborhood didn't turn over my trash can last night. So I ride my bike every day. And two nights ago, two streets over, trash all on the street when I rode my bike in the morning. Last night, or I guess, I guess that was three nights ago, two nights ago now, I ride my bike in the morning and there's trash one street over. So last night the bear was coming for my street and we all talked to neighbors. We all got together. We all put our trash inside. That bear came up empty. So I'm wearing my flannel. I have my beard. I'm parading my manliness and the fact that we outsmarted that damn bear and he didn't get in our trash.
0: I assume this is a metaphor or something. I I, I just don't know what, but congratulations. I think
1: let, let the uh, reader understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Parker, uh,
1: P.C.U., because there's no other news going on. I'm just going to ignore that entirely and move to something else.
0: Yeah, I I didn't. I I caught 20% of that.
1: Grant, there's a Uh, literal bear in my neighborhood who's turning over trash cans. This is a disaster. Black bears, in the month of October, black bears need to eat like 20,000 calories a day to stock up for the winter. They're menaces. They're like raccoons on steroids. They will come wreck your trash if you're not smart about it and a black bear was systematically going street by street in our neighborhood and wrecking trash and we outsmarted him. I feel good about that. I'm okay with that.
0: More evidence that Baylor university should be wiped from the earth. Uh, I
1: assume.
0: <laughs> um, it, Please uh, take us out of this.
1: <laughs> th- th- yeah.
0: Thank you. Uh, I tried and you didn't let me the uh, one bit of TCU news. I suppose that is relevant. The death chart came out. Max Duggan is the starter. There is no ore. As a matter of fact, it goes Max Duggan, Sam Jackson, Chandler Morris.
1: Yeah, Sam uh, Sam came in at the end of the Oklahoma game, and I felt like that was pretty um, relevant. I thought that was pretty incisive. Remember when Alex Delton quit the team when uh, when Mike Collins came in in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember when Mike Collins came in? Do you remember Mike Collins? <laughs> that's, that's a bad that, Speaking of Kansas, Mike Collins had an 86.4 well, QBR <laughs> against Kansas in 2018. Mike Collins did nothing ham- wrong.
0: No, he didn't. I just want to hammer this point. Someone put this in the the the, the fellows group chat, if you will. Um, it was a tweet. I don't remember who it was from. It was just, "Hey, yards per play on offense. There was no adjustment for garbage time or whatever." TCU leads the NCAA in yards per play. of the personnel on offense was on this roster last year. Now, granted, the offense was not the problem last year, but I just want to let the listeners understand 90% of this offense was on the roster last year, and this year they lead the country in yards per play.
1: I I feel entirely justified by that. I think I tweeted about this, which is this cosmic relief where it was like, Dude, you could just do a little bit of effort to fix this and get great results. I mean, the despair last year was not "Hey, this team is bad." It's like "Hey, no one gives a about this team. No one wants to. No one wants this team to be better. No one in charge cares if this team wins a football game." And that is an entirely different situation this year.
0: I'm gonna quote from the shutdown forecast, as I often do. Uh, Holly Anderson, um, one of the funniest people in the world. Uh had the idea that as long as TCU is paying Gary's buyout, they should just replace his statue with one that's like just a little bit shorter, but keeps the proportions after every win. I I completely co signed that idea. Um She's a genius. She's with, an
1: evil wizard. Yeah. Um yeah, she, she's that's 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 absolutely the, genius. Yeah. I will say Parker, wait, I TCU, think there is one thing. We ahead. didn't talk about this uh on air, but um Uh, only because I tweeted, uh, JD about this, but, um, the big 12 issued a quote public reprimand for TCU for, uh, rushing the field, $50,000 fine. I asked JD where to donate. I said, look, give me the link. I'll pay it. That's fine. I'll pay all $50,000 of it because me, a podcast host can easily bear the, the, you know, the entirety of that expense. And he said, thank you, but I have this one covered. So he's paying for it. But then he said, "I'll need you and our fans to jump in and help on a quote huge project we'll be announcing in the very near future." Grant, what could you think that means?
0: I, I think they're just going to add a Max Duggan statue next to the... I think that's the only the logical conclusion.
1: There. One thing I did learn, I'll shout out again, and then we can get to stuff too. We didn't talk about this. Sam Kahn had a really good piece in The Athletic writing about TCU. He's gotten some access. He did a bunch of Texas Tech stuff earlier this offseason when they gave him access, and Sonny Dykes has given him access. And I didn't know that Sonny Dykes showed up at TCU and looked at the indoor um, practice facility turf and said, we're not practicing on this. Fix it. And like he came in and said... like. I had a little bit in my heart the idea that Sonny Dykes was just like, oh, I'd be happy to take the TCU job, whatever. But between the story of him going to SMU with a number and saying, hey, match this or I'm out of here, and them failing, and then coming to TCU and making demands, I appreciate the energy is all I'm going to say.
0: No, he has, like, designs for the program.
1: He's um, he's kind of calculating. I like it. He is.
0: I, I really do, too. I I will say, I do have one other bit of uh, off-field news, which is that I somehow got um, roped into a green to get a tattoo on my butt of the number 15 if TCU wins the national championship this year. Um, so that's a storyline we can follow.
1: I, I um, love Max Duggan as much as anyone, perhaps more than anyone. And I'll tell you, I'd never put myself in a position to do that. Um, but I'm glad that you're happy to do it. My little brother I'm, I'm texted me. You. Oh, go ahead, please.
0: I was going to say, I'm thinking about getting like my dog, Max Doggin's ears, like kind of hanging off the the one in the five, uh, just, you know, to kind of tie it into, you know, two things that I love.
1: Live your truth, man. Live your truth. Uh, My little brother texted me. He wanted to get a real tattoo is what he said, a quote, real tattoo. So he got a small tattoo on his upper thigh of an alien spaceship uh, picking up a cow. And he did that to say, I want to see how it felt so I could get a real tattoo. I was like, so you got an actual permanent mark on your body of a cow getting abducted by an alien ship just to see if you wanted to actually get a tattoo. The logic doesn't – I don't know. The kids these days, man. Kids these days.
0: (laughs) What are you going to do? Parker, let's talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. So we should set the scene a little bit. This is an important game for both programs. TCU has the chance to get
1: back-to-back ranked wins for the first time, in God knows yes. when.
0: God knows when. Kansas is hosting game day. Um, we talked about this on Sunday. Uh, the eyes of the nation will be on Lawrence, Kansas, for TCU, Kansas. I, 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 I can't stress enough. The only game in the Big 12 that does not feature a ranked team is Texas, Oklahoma, which brings me an unabashed amount of joy.
1: Some people hate to see it, but I, I love to see it, personally. I
0: actually love to see it. Um, obviously, Kansas will be fired up. Obviously, TCU is, is not going to— I, I think it's more of a blessing in disguise and that, while Kansas certainly is a good team, TCU is not going to overlook Kansas. There's no storylines where, hey, they were planning for the next opponent, whatever. This is probably the best-case scenario in that, hey, you're going into Lawrence knowing you're going to play a team that is undefeated. And it's 2-0 in the Big 12. Um, so it's, it's certainly not a take walk by any means.
1: What have we said in our, I think our preview for Kansas two years in a row now has held up better than maybe anything that we've done, which is just a weird quirk of our investment. We're wrong a
0: lot, but yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know how this is held up, but it's like Kansas football needed to not be a meme and it's not a meme to lose to Kansas anymore. I'm not making fun of no. Iowa State for losing to Kansas. I'm making fun of Iowa State because they shot themselves in the foot multiple times in a game they should have won last week, which I think we'll talk about. But uh, losing to Kansas not a meme. Houston, West Virginia certainly down and embarrassing losses for them. But Kansas is is a real live God, honest to God football team. But Grant, I will say they are five and zero. They have TCU at Oklahoma at Baylor by. Oklahoma State in the next four games. We're going to find a lot out about who these guys actually are in the next couple of games.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to use a little bit of your numbers to kick us off here. Just please do Kansas a bit, but coming but coming into this game, Kansas is 10th in EPA margin. Um, they're 13th in offensive success rate. Most of that comes. Uh, so so yeah. So they're fourth. Point um, three .345 I think offensive EPA per play. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and then uh, not so great on defense. They're 88 in defense success rate. They're a little bit better against the pass. Um, second against the pass, 48 uh, against the rush. So, Parker, um, what does that mean, I-, I guess?
1: Yeah, so what we have here is a picture of a Kansas team. Again, we talked about this this offseason, Grant. I'm not going to say this about everything, but we did talk about this where it's like you need to be good at one thing. Kansas has mm-hmm. not been good at anything. They've been awful at everything. In the last five games of 2021 and this season so far, so that's a full season's worth of games between those two seasons, Kansas has been good at running the football. They've been good on offense, and this season they found a way to move the ball efficiently through the air as well. So a a very run-heavy attack grant. They're they're rushing 60.5% more than the average team in any given situation, and so they're really rushing the ball a lot, but they're 16th in EPA per rush. So their efficiency is still really high. A lot of that is driven by Jalen Daniels' legs. We're looking at kind of like a TCU 2019 situation where you have a really mobile quarterback. On third down, anything is open. Kansas is fifth in third and fourth down success rate because they have a mobile quarterback. And if it's short, they can give it to Devin Neal and get the first down. And if it's long, they can basically run the 2003 Madden play where they Go four verts and then have Jalen Daniels make something happen. So it's a nice position 04. to be in. Should, should, should
0: for the nerds among us, that's 04. Michael Vick was 04. I just want to get that on the record. I I, I, I I had a lot of yards with Michael Vick. Anyway, go ahead.
1: <sighs> do Grant, I, 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 I don't want to do the, the day things day. they do. I look, I
0: every every PS two or Xbox game from that era, like. Madden 04, Tiger Woods 08 had the worst graphics of all time. Like they do not. Okay. Forget, but that's.
1: Okay. Grant, tell me. Go, go to college, university. Get a real job. That's what they said to me. But I can never live the way they want. All right. <laughs> I don't want to be like you. I don't want to do the things you do. I don't want to. Shake wanna... it
0: once. That's fine. <laughs> Shake it twice. That's okay. <laughs> yeah
1: absolute banger i'm censoring you we're gonna get killed by the fcc if you say the third line there uh absolute banger of a soundtrack um there as as well and um true. True, 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 superman true. by uh what is it goldfinger yeah Gold, uh
0: goldfinger yeah. uh andrew wk's party hard was on Dude, no andrew too. Ka- anyway, andrew that andrew
1: wk was. who i liked when i was in middle school and then found out he's like a super wholesome person growing up and the nosebleeds yeah. were thinking, yeah just a great guy that's fun that's fun
0: great guy None of that is relevant to TCU Kansas, but we thought it was important. Grant, let's get a
1: party mind. on. Um, so Kansas, I, I think what Kansas is good at this year is they're good at offense. They they had Dan Casey. Um, if you're not signed up for his like five best plays of the week email, you're you're missing out. Coach Dan Casey on Twitter, he's highlighting a lot of Kansas and a lot of TCU because TCU is doing some really fun stuff. Um, Kansas is running some some triple option kind of concepts that are really fun. And there's some wrinkles in there, but they're also doing the basics really, really well. They're 13th in offensive success rate. So fourth in offensive EPA per play. Like that means they're explosive, but their success rate's really high, man. They're just staying ahead of the chains. They're kind of doing the basics to to make sure they're moving the ball consistently. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and honestly,
0: they're, they run some fun things. You mentioned the sort of triple option concepts, but honestly, it's kind of just a power spread offense is the way I would define it they want to run more than they want to pass more than often. They're going to have six up front um, with the tight end lineup alongside the offensive line. And I always just said the cliche, run it down your throat, but they're going to find innovative ways to get the ball to their running backs and get them going. They run, um, I think they run gap twice as much as they do uh zone, but they're willing to do both. I think it's 109 Uh, gap snaps to uh, like 50 uh, zone snaps, uh, somewhere around that. So, yeah, they're kind of scheme agnostic when it comes to that. They're going to do whatever gets their running backs in space the most.
1: Yeah, and and they've got a really good staple of running backs. Um,
0: With that said, Daniel Hodge, Jr. is out um, for, I don't want to put speculation, but he's out for a significant amount of time. So yeah I mean my be my
1: awesome. God prayers up to him and his family. but um yes. Yes. yeah, he's out for an extended yes. period of time. So it's devin Neal. um, we're talking about the offense first, Grant. we should really plan this, but i I kind of like this just kind of going uh, back yeah. and forth. um, looking at their offense, I mean devin neal and and Highshaw and Jalen Daniels are all at more than forty attempts rushing. um Highshaw has kind of been, you know, he's he's five touchdowns uh 5.9 yards per carry. He's a little bit bigger. He's kind of their their power back, but Devin Neal certainly um explosive four touchdowns, 6.8 yards per attempt, 2.43 yards after contact compared to 3.91 yep. for Henshaw, uh Highshaw. Keep on to call him Henshaw. I'm sorry. Um and so they they're definitely losing a big kind of power element to their run game. The a lot of explosiveness mm-hmm. Daniel's and Neal have combined for what 30 29 29 missed tackles and 21 runs of 10 plus yards so they're they're pretty explosive i feel like Hishaw gave them a power dynamic that maybe they're not going to have against tcu
0: yeah, and with that said, they do retain a bit of the explosiveness, as you said. Uh, Devin Neal's longest run is 80 yards. Uh, Daniel's longest run is 37. Highshaw's longest run was 30. Um, so there's still a sort of big play potential, but the, the grind it out uh, aspect that Highshaw brought is probably not going to be there. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to lessen Kansas' attempts to run the ball. Um, Savion Morrison and Kai Thomas will probably step up and kind of Dual team, the role that Hyshaw, uh filled, but still a, a really good player that is not playing for Kansas uh, yeah. for the rest of the season.
1: I don't know if he totally flattened his his absence totally flattens the dimensionality there, but it does, I mean, they've run the ball one hundred and seventy times, so forty times four is one hundred sixty. That's almost a quarter of their their attempts right there that are gone. Yeah. so that's that's pretty big. yeah, yeah. Um, Tune in next week to Purple Theory to hear more Parker does math on the fly
0: (laughs) We, look, we argued About probability for 10 minutes on last Wednesday's podcast And somehow we didn't get kicked off of Apple Podcasts No one liked that,
1: no one enjoyed (laughs) I
0: I got several texts from friends That were like, hey, what the hell was this What do you mean Yeah, not great I'm actually
1: uh, logging into Anchor right now to see how many listens we had. So you've it dropped off.
0: I'm just really curious. So, but with that said, so
1: – Our listeners are great. Read. It was 100%. right in line with everything. They just rage quit. Oh, so we got the play anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you stop listening right now. You've already played enough that it counts as a play. So whatever.
0: <laughs> Kansas has run the ball 169 times. They've attempted 109 passes. Um, So certainly a a run-heavy offense. But I I don't think we can uh, do this any longer without talking about how pretty damn good Jalen Daniels has been. Um, Completing 68.2% of his passes uh, with an average death of target of 9.3. His adjusted completion percentage is 72.8%. That's 11 touchdowns gets one interception. He's just a really good quarterback, and he has weapons that he can throw to, and it's kind of fun to watch him operate.
1: Yeah, I think in in the interest of being like admitting where we're wrong, I I didn't think they had wide receivers. Um, no, but I mean, almost fifty percent of these yards have come after the catch. Like they're setting up guys for for positions and and moving along. Grant they're they're not adjusted for opponent, not adjusted for run pass selection. They are the most efficient passing offense in the nation right now. Again, they've played some teams. I, I, you could pull that down, but they are number one in EPA per, plat, EPA per pass, just kind of raw. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And if you look at how they do it, they throw a lot to the slot. Um, Luke Grimm leads the team in yep. both targets and receptions. That's 19 receptions on 25 targets, and 67.4% of that has come out of the slot. Um, so they're not afraid to be like, hey, we're just going to take what you give us, get the ball to our guys, and, and you know— Graham, for example, averages 10.9 yards per reception uh, on an average that's a target of 11.8, um, which now that I say that, it's like, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, it, they, they they take what the defense gives you, and it, it's worked out pretty well because Lance Leipold is a great offensive coordinator and knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think you've really got a grasp on it. Their, their, their offense is really concentrated in the pass game. In um, just because we were talking about the other guys um, in the run game and kind of losing almost a quarter of their targets, almost 60% of their targets are Grimm, Arnold, and Skinner. Um, yep. And if you look at where those guys line up, um, Grimm is 67% in the slot, Arnold is 80% out wide. And Skinner kind of fluctuates he's 68 percent so he and he and Graham are, are moving around a little bit. that's where you'd think the matchup challenge is going to be I think Arnold outside I'm a little less worried about because he's not going to move up and kind of create matchups but in the three three five when like for instance D Winters might possibly be lined up against the slot receiver, I'm a little right. worried about that. I think they'll move the ball some this 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 weekend
0: yeah the only saving grace is. Arnold and Skinner, their reception percentage isn't something to write home about. Um, Arnold has been targeted 21 times. He's caught 14 of them. Skinner has been targeted 16 times. He's caught nine of them. Um, so they're not necessarily uh, high percentage receivers, but when they do catch the ball, they, they certainly do damage. Um, both have got a touchdown each. Um, so it's, it's you know, they're them well, and, and when they catch the ball, it's a, it's a good play.
1: Yeah, I- interesting enough. Only two actual drops, and and one yeah, throwaway for Jalen Daniels, and so it's just like, oh shoot, we're we you know contested targets. We're y- yeah, that's that's very interesting to me that it's not like there's an obvious issue with hey Daniels is getting the ball to the wide receivers and they're not catching it, or um, Daniels can't get the ball to wide receivers. It feels like there's a lot of context in kind of the layers of the offense. To say, hey, they're making yeah. multiple reads, and sometimes they just can't get, they just can't figure it out.
0: Yeah, sometimes the defense just covers the receivers. Um, yeah, uh, I, I will say yards after reception. Um, Grimm is is, uh, is, is at two point nine. Arnold's at five point nine. Skinner is at four point one. Uh, Jerry Casey, the tight end, has caught six passes on eight targets, and his A dot uh, is four point four, and his yards after reception. As eight point seven, so he catches the ball in space and, and gets a full head of steam when he goes. Yeah, um, so that's another weapon TC is going to have to look out for. Him against say D Winters or Jamoy Hodge or whoever will be a an issue. I
1: think. Yeah, I hope. um Ooh, can I? Can, okay, are we in the circle of trust here? Can I be diplomatic?
0: I know what you're going to say, so yes, be diplomatic.
1: I am glad Jamoy Hodge is back. For the entire is not is not out for the first half. of The Kansas skin.
0: Yes, I think that is a fair thing to say. I him, uh, playing linebacker is good for TCU. There is not a lot of depth there, and between uh, Hodge, Hodges, and uh, Winters, the full complement of the TCU linebacking crew should be able to. Neutralize Casey, uh, Mason Fairchild is also a good side in for Kansas um, and, and kind of patrol that middle of the field. Um, I want to touch briefly, Parker, if that's OK, on the Kansas
1: line. Yeah, I think that's where that's where I want to go next for sure.
0: Yeah. And if my Internet will cooperate, I will read you the notes that I have on the Kansas line. But until then, Parker, what are your thoughts on the Kansas offensive line?
1: Well, I I like to think of the aggregate. I assume you're going to position by position because you're a little more granular than I'm a little more macro. You're a little more micro. Um, Jalen Daniels has been kept clean on 72% of his dropbacks, and he's been under pressure on 28 because 72 plus 28 equals 100. Um, What's really interesting to me. It it certainly
0: does. It equals 110. 72 plus
1: 28.
0: Oh, God. Go ahead. Do I need to cut that? I'm I'm the biggest idiot in the world. I thought I got a math. Please keep talking.
1: Go to TCU and
0: you'll graduate without knowing. To our our listeners, I thank you and I apologize. Please keep. Please talk so that we can. Please talk so I don't have to.
1: Okay, <laughs> I hope you leave everything that we just talked about in. <laughs> Please, call, look, okay, look. Uh, Grant just the, gave me a thumbs up Kansas, over the Zoom. He just said, I endorse the, this. The great the thing about up.
0: Kansas's uh, offensive line is that they have been consistent. Um, uh, of their five starters, um, three have played 292 snaps, which is basically all. One's played 291, one's, one has played 289. If you're going to look for a weak point, I would say Earl Bostick Jr. who um, starts at left tackle. has given up uh, eight pass rushes and a sack. Um, he's also been penalized three times. So that's an opportunity for TCU to kind of manipulate a weak point with that three three five and attack Jaden Daniels on his blind side. But um, that's but only because he's playing like, left
1: tackle. Probably just because he's playing I left I know, tackle.
0: but sure. But penalized three times at least is something to look at. That's absolutely uh, something. Yeah. Mike at center's uh, been pretty solid. Um and even then, if you look at the right tackle, uh, Bryce Caldwell, I certainly didn't pronounce that right. Um, four pass rushes, um, but no sacks and only one penalty. So okay, here's decent this, line. Nothing to write home here's about. Here's what I
1: think about that, though. I think the line is is at least competent, and they have some guys that are that are you know like real live living football players, which is good for them. I think this is says more about Jalen Daniels than it does the offensive line. I think about in the office. Um, When Michael's having the affair with Donna and Andy makes him go meet Donna's husband at the baseball game, and then Michael comes back to the office and he's like, I just spoke to the woman, you know, the man whose woman I'm sleeping with or whatever, and he says, you know who does that? James Bond. James frickin' Bond is what Michael Scott says. And then there's this like series of people and things in the office where Michael does it. And Creed is standing behind Michael at the copier, and Creed is like, hey boss, I think we're out of paper. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. And Creed says, you're going to change it? Michael says, no. And he walks to his office and they cut to a talking head. And Creed goes, he don't give an F about nothing. That's what I feel like with Jalen Daniels. His completion percentage when he's kept clean is 67.9. His completion percentage when he's under pressure, Is 69.6. He has three touchdowns and no interceptions when he's pressured. His yards per attempt is 11.7 when he's pressured compared to 8.5. So when they want to let the downfield stuff develop, they're just like, it's fine. Jalen's going to be okay. He's going to get pressured and he's still going to get the ball off. His average depth of target when he's not pressured is nine. It's 10.3 when he is pressured. But his adjusted completion percentage, when he's not pressured, 69.9%. 69.9%. When he is pressured, 85%. He doesn't care. It doesn't face him. It Like, his options are, oh, I'm going to run for 15 yards or I'm going to throw this ball downfield. Like, the dude legitimately does not give an F if you pressure him. That's terrifying.
0: I'm going to be honest. That's the worst analogy I've ever heard in my life. But I, I think you arrived at a really great point, which is that Jalen Daniels, Daniels is a, is,
1: is a Daniels good Jalen Daniels doesn't give an F about nothing.
0: Correct. Also, uh, we should say like love Lance Leipold. Do you want to do like like a, a minute's worth of rumors? There's a chance Leipold takes the Wisconsin job, and that would stink. I mean, I mean, it'd be fun for like a neutral just to watch him like at a program that has like a recruiting base and history and all that. But I, I kind of wanted to see him build something at Kansas. I don't know.
1: I, I, I don't know. I think he's done a great job at Kansas. I th- I will say, okay, hey, that's great. I love an opportunity to be a wet blanket. Can I be a wet blanket for a second? Yeah, please,
0: please.
1: Les Miles deserves more credit for turning this roster around than we're giving him.
0: <laughs> that is unpopular. Woo, yes. that's unpopular. No, 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 no,
1: you're right. Hey, you're right. We it's were at media a, days. It's not fun. You saw David Beatty. We were there. The man, <laughs> dead in the eyes, looked at the media and was like, I had like 38 scholarship players. <laughs> it's just like, it was so <laughs> freaking bad when Beatty took over. He, he only barely started the process and then Les Miles absolutely rejuvenated the process and Lance Leipold has done an amazing job pushing them over the edge. But like, we have to, I hate this. I hate this, but like, Les Miles had them on the right track.
0: The trains now run on time and whoever's, fault that is is who's ever that was a reference to communism
1: that grant just made let's talk about the defense no
0: it's it's fascism let's make it clear um okay let's talk about the defense the purple Uh,
1: theory podcast does not have an explicit no there's not do
0: not take that as okay yeah let's talk about the defense a bit
1: if you tweet me grant is a commie i'll venmo you a dollar
0: I'll be disowned by my family.
1: The Kansas defense is definitely way worse than their offense. I have to make worse. seventy so, second I, I, I'm, I'm in gonna, EPA per play, Grant. Seventy second.
0: Uh, yeah, not good. I'm going to divorce this of uh, any advanced stats. So let's toss out the FCS game, which is Tennessee Tech. We've got ten points.
1: Do you I know that? Wait, the do you know the mascot for Tennessee Tech?
0: Uh, it's, Yeah, because I'm looking at it right now. It's
1: the Golden Eagles. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know, but I was going to guess Eagles. I'm from yeah, Tennessee, yeah, so that's kind of... Maybe I've heard that before, but I was like... I, I actually didn't know it. Are they the Eagles?
0: Yeah, they're the Golden Eagles. Oh, the Golden Eagles. Okay. What city are they in? You're from Tennessee. Cookville? Cookville. Okay. And never mind. Uh, no,
1: Google it. I want to know.
0: Well, I... No, I'm making a point. At... At... <laughs> At West Virginia, they gave up 42 points and needed overtime. At Houston, they gave up 30. At Duke, they gave up 27. Iowa State, they gave up 11, but that was a complete cluster F of a game in which Iowa State squandered every opportunity that they had. This defense does not get the job done.
1: No. One, it is Cookville. I know everything. That's great. Two, no. Legitimately, Iowa State – Grant, I watched that game again last night. And and, and I'll, I'll say two things. One, Iowa State moved the ball and shot themselves in the foot. They're very – the first or second drive – they were like moving the ball consistently, and then their center just snapped the ball when no one was looking, and they had like a 19-yard loss, and that drive got totally derailed, and that was the ball game. If you get in Matt Campbell's head early, they they, they unravel. He,
0: no, th- we're going to talk about that when we preview Iowa State. If you get in Matt Campbell's head early, he does not recover. Yeah, that man is a psychopath. If look, you, yeah, you I can, would you could ramp a. I would just say a 14-room mansion in his head.
1: Yeah, but like it's like, dude, he he lets you win the mental game so easily and 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 Iowa State himself. The other thing I'll say, Grant, Duke and Iowa State watch both of these games. They were going now screens, jet sweep, rocket toss, get to the outside. They were they saw something on film that was like, if we can get to the outside against Kansas, we can move the ball. And they are slow. Oh my god. Gosh, they are so slow, and Kansas still had trouble with it. I, I don't see a reason that Darius Davis shouldn't have a career day.
0: Yeah, it, think about Kansas. That, so, so they run a three down with, with the edge rusher there. Um, They're pretty aggressive, which I generally like, but they're aggressive like crashing down to the inside. So if you get that jet sweep going and you have a fast player that can just skirt past everyone crashing down – there's miles of open space ahead of you. So, like you said, Darius Davis is going to um, probably have a
1: career day. I, I think their front the is time. actually pretty good. You look at and you I have, do, like, I, I, Phelps, yeah. Samson. Phelps is a dog. Robinson, Lee. All those guys have grades above yeah. 70. I mean, all those dudes are playing a ton. They're rotating in. They have the depth now to, like, have a living, breathing player as a backup instead of a nobody. That's huge. I think yeah. their defensive front is pretty good. And Kenny Logan, we've talked about for feels like six years now. Kenny Logan's years. a dog yeah. at safety, but man, they have some issues outside of that.
0: They do. I, I, and I think a lot of what Phelps, Samson, Taylor, and Lee, the law firm, uh, <laughs> a lot of what they do, a lot of what they do, that's a joke I made like four times this year, uh, is in the pass rushing game. I mean, uh, Phelps has 10 hurries for six sacks. Samson has six hurries, two sacks. Taylor five and one. Uh, Lee uh, with three pressures and no sacks, but they uh, but three hits. So, so they're getting to the quarterback. The problem is that in the run game, they're not really containing. Um, if you look at tackles for loss uh, for that group, Phelps has 16, which is huge. Uh, Lee has 12. Both those are from the edge. And so Samson has five. Taylor has one in the middle. And then the linebacking crew just really isn't getting it done. Um, not to disparage guys, but, you know, Tywon, Barry Hill, Rich Miller, um if you look at their tackles for loss, uh, it, it's not necessarily uh, all, all the right home about.
1: Grant, one thing I'll say about this defense is I, I I do agree the linebackers are not great. If you look at if you just sort by PFF grade, which is outsourcing, right? I'm fully willing to admit they watch they watch every game, I haven't watched every game and it just means someone looked at this and said this. but of their top 17 graded players, none of them, are linebackers on defense, so there is a deficiency in the middle here for sure, and they don't have good depth at linebacker. So I think that middle middle area for Kansas's defense is a real weak point. Which, let me tell you, Kendra Miller loves that, right?
0: Yeah, that seems to be an area where he excels. You can, uh, as evidence, look at him shaking an Oklahoma safety out of his effing boots. Um, And also using a referee as a screen, which is uh, extremely funny. Um, I have no reason to think that he won't repeat that performance against Kansas. Um, I I should also, if you'll allow me to correct myself one sec, I gave tackles for loss stats earlier. Those are just total tackles. Ignore me, I'm an idiot. But the point remains is that the the edge rushers are doing a lot of work for Kansas that the linebackers simply are not.
1: Yeah, a lot, lot of tackles from the safeties, which is kind of like, hey, your run fits in the front are screwed up, which means that your secondary is getting there. If we look at Kansas and their 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 defense, 82nd in EPA per pass, 58th in EPA per rush. Grant that 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 tells me a story of a defense who um, is a little bit imbalanced and feels like they're stretched thin, right? Especially at those linebackers, that those safeties are overcompensating. We've seen that with TCU in the past. You're leaving those linebackers, you know, if 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 you can't leave those linebackers to to deal with themselves, those safeties are overcompensating, and then your corners are on islands because the safeties are covering the line covering for the linebackers. Grant, let me tell you, I would not want to face Quentin Johnston and Savion Williams and Jordan Hudson if I was having a trouble with my linebackers as well, because Tay Barber and Darius Davis are underneath. Um, so, so certainly some some mismatch issues there that are that are pretty rough.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the the, the top three guys on Kansas's defense that uh, have been in coverage, all three corners: Jacoby Bryant, Craig Young, Romelo Dotson. Uh, all three of them are allowing a reception percentage of over sixty percent. Uh, Dotson is allowing thirteen point two yards per reception. Bryant thirteen point three, and Craig Young uh, nine point six. So. Bryant is is aggressive and certainly a playmaker. Um, he's had two interceptions, two pass breakups. Um, but if if you can get your guys one on one with Kansas's corners, odds are they're going to make a play. Um, and and you know, it. I I don't think there's enough horses in the back, if you'll pardon the expression, for Kansas. Um, to stop a dynamic offense like TCU.
1: No, and I think that's borne out by like some aggregate stats. So I I I think if you were going to tell me, hey a defense has a decent defensive line and pretty good safeties and nothing else. What stat is going to stand out. And I'm going to say they're probably really bad at third and fourth downs Um, Uh because those guys are going to be overcompensating. It's going to be really tough. And that's, that's 100% true. 102nd and 3rd and 4th down success rate allowed for Kansas' defense, 43.96% success rate there. So I think that TCU, that, that only benefits TCU because they get a longer leash, right? If I know that you're bad at 3rd and 4th downs, hey man, I'm going to take that as 2 downs. And Sonny has shown a, a, a proclivity to go for it a little bit. I'm going to be that much more aggressive on first and second downs and try and get these home run plays, knowing that on third and fourth down, I can probably clean it up just because you guys are spread so thin.
0: Yeah, and look, Savion Williams tore up Oklahoma's defensive secondary. Uh, Tay Barber and Gunnar Henderson took advantage of busted coverage, sure, but were also – wide-ass open against Oklahoma's defensive secondary. Okay, one. has more athletes back there. You
1: said ass open. I'm contractually obligated to point that out.
0: Fair. Two,
1: it's not a busted coverage when TC runs a play that makes a safety make a decision. A defender making a decision is not a busted play, and Keegan's going to listen to this and get mad at me, and that's fine. But when Lincoln Riley schemes up a leak route, it's genius. When Sonny Dyke schemes it against Oklahoma— it's a busted play. This is fan Parker talking here, but legitimately, if I make it a center, if I make it a defender, be on an island and make a decision. It's not. It's not a busted coverage if the defender makes a decision and they they make it. They exploit it, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> this is so inside baseball that our listeners will get no pleasure out of it. But running three vert wide sale against cover three. Uh, does not mean that it won't work against the next cover three you see. Uh, Love Keegan. Parker, is there anything else you need to talk about about Kansas before we move on to a little bit of predictions, a little bit of a a whip around around the rest of the country?
1: I like Jalen Daniels so much. Jalen Daniels. I love Jalen Daniels. I I think, okay, I'm going to make a statement. I think Jalen Daniels is what I want Donovan Smith to be at Texas Tech. Okay. In terms of just like a fun quarterback. And um, and yeah, so I'm I'm happy that this happens. I look, here's what I said on the Bet US show, because I took TCU, we're gonna talk about our predictions here. I took TCU minus seven as an as an official play on the Bet US show this week, which is effectively garbage. That means nothing. But I said fun football stories don't mean that you're going to be 12 0 and and win the national championship, right? Grant. Rudy played one play at the end of a game and it really wasn't that meaningful. That's what, that's what like fun college football stories. He was also
0: offside for the record. He was was offside. offside. Rudy was
1: offside. I'll give you that. Absolutely. So fun stories are, they're fun, but we have to calibrate them a little bit.
0: Yeah. uh, Look, uh, you and I predicted Kansas's, record before the year, we had them losing to both Houston and West Virginia. Yeah. Now we both had them beating Duke and Iowa state and the odds makers in Vegas, uh, the cowards would acknowledge that, but um, they're already exceeding expectations.
1: Absolutely. Like, already if they, very happy if they lose state the next out. seven games and they go five and seven this year, it is an amazing season regardless. Yes. hundred
0: percent. Parker, let's look at some of our listeners predictions for this game. Uh, We tweeted out, what do you think of Kansas, who's the offensive and defensive MVP for TCU in this game, and what's your final score prediction? We'll start with Kyle McLaughlin, enemy of the podcast. Uh, Kansas is good and fun, Uh, potentially an 8-win team, don't know about that, which is huge for that program and fun for all Big 12 fans. Millard Bradford and Darius Davis as MVPs. A lot more of a closer slog than people are giving credit for, but TCU 34-28. Um, Michael at Woodbergs. TCU will, will be by far the most talented team KU has faced this season. Unfortunately, the beginning of a skid for the Jayhawks. Uh, close with a great home atmosphere, but TCU 41-24. Melissa Trebowasser, not familiar that's, with her work. That's uh, still a
1: 17-point win. He said close. Yeah. <laughs> and then he predicted a 17-point win. <laughs> he did say the TCU pulls
0: away in the second half. Okay, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll give him a little bit of credit. Uh Melissa, responsible for both of our careers. Kansas is well ahead of schedule and in the conversation for continuing the big twelve. Slow down. Offensive MVP Kenji Miller. Defensive MVP D Winters. 38-35. Pick the winner with your heart. Okay. Yell MK, Frogs 24, Kansas 20 or excuse me, Frogs 42, Kansas 24. I think K is fine, but will not be ranked after this game for the rest of the season. College game day presence removes the trap factor from this week and frogs roll toad agreed. Yellow okay. Did you see the tweet from uh, Super Frogs baby mama? No. What are we doing? Uh, I I don't know who this is. It's Bill Romanowski, just like face smushing the Jets offensive lineman thirty five twenty eight. I feel like take it as it is. I love
1: it. I feel like I brought that on us by talking about how Johnny Hodges is is, is Bill Romanowski in twenty twenty two. I feel like I yeah, brought that on us. I, I, yeah.
0: This is abstract art, but I'm with it. Thirty-five twenty-eight. Carter at CB Frog 3 Haven't watched enough KU to have an informed take, but I just booked a yurt in Lawrence. The sheets are purple, and so is the wallpaper in the outhouse. I'm calling it a sign. Offensive, QJ breaks out. Defensive, D gets Hayden. Frogs, forty-eight twenty-seven. Look, signs appear to all of us in different ways. Frogs by 90. TCU 90, KU 0. All right.
1: <laughs> Duly noted.
0: I'm gonna I'm to breeze through the rest of these. Please. Don't. Matt Boggs. KU's solid, uh, but they needed three field goals to beat Iowa State. Offensive MVP is QJ. Defensive is Marcel Brooks, 42-28. Uh, the uninformed frog. KU is a very cute paper tiger. Duggan Dimes. D Winters, 52-17. Frogs over by the end of the first quarter. Funk Hefe. D Duncan Soul. Efficiency versus explosiveness. KU has been uh, has sold it. Sold to stop the run and pressure the QB. TCU with massive advantage, wide receivers versus uh, defensive backs. Did not provide a score, so he's disqualified. Will not save this, guys. Screen name, he is at Bluegrass ish. Uh, offensive, Kenji Miller, 150 rush yards, three TDs. Defensive, D Winters, 3820 TCU. It's always sunny in Fort Worth. Uh, Kansas has done a complete 360, but QJ and Marcel will be the MVPs. Frogs, 3524. Doug at Surgery Dude. KU, that's neat and stuff. I like that. Offensive Duggan, defensive D. Williams, 41-28. I'm running out of breath. Uh, JD Sailors. Uh MVPs Darius Davis and Abe Kamara. 42 24 TCU.
1: JD shout out, shout, to, TCU. shout out to shout out to J D for going toe to toe with Dan Rubenstein. He DM'd me and I hadn't totally followed that conversation. Fun. But he was he was getting after that solid verbal ass. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You just said verbal ass. I did. Uh, I
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much funnier when someone else points it out.
0: <laughs> verbal ass is also the uh, alternate name of this podcast. Uh, Adam at TC Lotus Leaves. Uh, Ku plays is tough. Game will be tied in the fourth quarter. TC wins by two. Andy Swain. Ku is good but not great. Uh, QJ breakout game. Uh, TCU 38-21 but won't feel that close. AB at A Bacchiera. Uh, it's good for the conference that KU is not the doormat anymore. Max keeps rolling and rises up the Heisman ranks. Hell yeah. But at overtime, 44 um, 38. Two more Funky Town Frog. TCU had a one week stint of being liked after beating OU and would become hated after an- annihilating Kansas. And Luckton Drinking Club. Cute story Frogs by 90. Nice.
1: Um, I have a couple I – have, I have two questions in the DMs, Grant, that I wanted to get your opinion on that I thought were pretty insightful. Um, if we could go there, if that was OK.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: So one of them is from I, – I never know. I'm going to out both of these people. That's fine. I think that they were just trying to get to me because I don't see all my mentions. Um, Matt Peterson at Metamorphosis, um, TC alumna, writer, filmmaker, sports fan, Texan. Love the bio. He asked, you have to write his, you read his bio. <laughs> his social security number is 414. Uh, <laughs> I'm not as versed in the intricacies of the game. That's fine. Humble. Whatever. You're wrong. You, you know about football Either as much I. as we do. We're just watching football, dude. Uh, what do you make of Dyke's use of Quentin through the first two games? So, Grant, what do you oh. think about that? Quentin being Quentin Johnson.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I, I garnered that. Um I, I I think he might have, he's probably been slightly underused, but I think he's been an outstanding decoy. I, I think the rise of Savion Williams that gives TCU another big target um, allows the defense to key in on the obvious. Hey, this is clearly probably the best player on our offense, and that just frees up Max to throw it to the other big guy who is six five and athletic and can catch the ball. Um, so, as someone who is a fan of QJ, I wish he was involved more, but. As someone who is curious to see what Dykes does with the offense, I'd like using him as a, hey, look at me, I'm the best guy, and then they're just going to throw it to everyone
1: else. Can I point out, this this fact blew my mind because I went and looked at this, Quentin Johnston leads the team in targets right now. That doesn't seem real. No, but if you go to his receiving well what's the a dot? right you go to his receiving depth and you look at he has two eight ten so 10 of his 21 targets are closer than 10 yards downfield eight of those are at or behind the line of scrimmage
0: see that that's what bothers me is that i I, while quinton is very athletic very fast um he is not a jet sweep Guy, like if you're going to run jet sweep, run it with Darius, run it with Tay Barber, run it with whoever, like get QJ the ball down the daggum field. Um, you're, yeah. you're wasting his talents running him with jet sweep.
1: Also, he I don't love his hands. Who I know, oh, I don't know, we need to go this negative. No, this, I, know. this season.
0: I that's a different discussion, but yes, I understand. I, I I think Dykes is using him as Cumbie and Meacham use Rager, and they're two different athletes, yeah. Yeah. Not not the same type.
1: So he'll grow into it. We'll figure it out. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, second question, throwback frog. This is a very long question that I'm going to distill. He throwback frog one funny on Twitter. Um, two says he's a little worried that frog fans are going to take this OU win and be like, "Hey, we're world beaters and we're going to win a natty this year." Um, like it. Like if TC loses a couple games, is it going to get ugly because they beat Oklahoma so big? So. My, my question here, his question is, how do we keep from becoming a Fairweather fan base? I'm going to ground that a little bit and, Grant, and say, Grant, what was your takeaway in terms of a national perspective from TC's win over Oklahoma?
0: Well, I don't know if you caught earlier where I said I was going to get a tattoo on my butt of Max Duggan's jersey so. number if he won the championship this year. Um, but as, as a rational human being, uh, no, I, I would say that certainly the loser part of my brain got pretty hyped up um, after TCU beat Oklahoma. I think this is still a team where the ceiling is nine wins and um, 10, if if everything breaks, right. And I'm super happy with that. This is the first year under Sonny Dykes. Um, a lot of these guys are going to be coming back next year. Um, yeah. Like it, it, it's fun to dream. And at this point, there is no reason to think that if TCU doesn't win out, they're in the conversation. Obviously if you're undefeated in the 12, but the odds that that happens are slim to none. So my advice would be enjoy the ride, expect nine wins and anything over. That's gravy, dude. Like it's very fun. Like enjoy having fun watching football, which we haven't done in years. I
1: I think the fact that it's like, okay to be a fan of TCU is huge. I'm typing right now to find there's, there's a tweet that I think, um, I feel like it was Ray Cartwright was like, what does eight wins look like? I know I'm doing this live on air, and this is very annoying to everyone. Hold on, it's great audio. Um,
0: shout out Ray Cartwright, by the way. Shout out, I, Ray, I, I dude, just,
1: Ray Cartwright. Just, uh, not not just a Twitter dude anymore, a writer.
0: Yeah. What the hell? It's it's it's, it's fun watching TCU. I, I don't like. It's I know everyone's natural instinct is to like read into it. Honestly, take it game by game, and if TCU loses to, screw it, Oklahoma State. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Hey, man! I, I I bet some cool things happened. Like it, it's it's not going to be the same boring losses we've watched before.
1: Right, and and it's like okay to be a fan of it. I can't find this tweet right now. I don't know if this is a good idea to keep scrolling on this podcast. But basically, looking at like if I find it, I'll retweet it. But it was like, hey, if I told you that, oh, here we go. Okay, eight wins for TCU this fall is Colorado, FCS, SMU, Kansas, and Texas Tech. And then they have to go three and four, OU, K State, West Virginia, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. They've already beaten Oklahoma, so they have to go two and four. They have to beat Kansas, beat Texas Tech, and go two and four versus K State, West Virginia, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Grant, if I told you TCU went eight and four in Sonny Dykes' first year, that's a that's a good season. I. I mean, I'm a little bit worried about the dead cat bounce of like they have so much experience and then next year there's turnover and yada yada. But like eight and four this year would be a crazy good season. So with the Oklahoma win, let's keep that in perspective. Eight wins for TCU would be an insane amount of success relative to what TCU's done recently. Dude,
0: when we previewed TCU's season, we were like, yeah, six and six maybe. And then we like inhaled nitrous and we're like, no, let's go all out. And we ended with nine and three. TCU is already four in but like, We are on track to have a really fun year. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Do all that.
1: Yeah. Parker, That's let's do a little
0: bit of best case, worst case. Yes. Um, I'll let you go because I, I think I've done it first the last like three times we've done this. What is the best case uh, scenario for TCU against Kansas this weekend?
1: Yeah, this Kansas defense stinks, man. This The best case for TCU is that... They can pass a couple. They can get a couple big play touchdowns early on and then let Kendry and Imari take them home. They can win this game 38-7, to 38-10. I mean, they could just absolutely blow this team out. Kansas, super limited on offense. Um, if you can kind of box in Daniels like Iowa State did, Iowa State and TCU now run the same defense, so there's there's hope for that. And if TCU has the depth, man, they could absolutely blow this team out. They could score high thirties, keep Kansas in the teens at best. That that is best case scenario. Here is an authoritative road win against a ranked team.
0: Yeah, I I think the best case would just be the the proverbial turd in the punch bowl and just completely quash uh, all all the goodwill of the Kansas program. Well, 55-24 last week. I'll say fifty-five fourteen. Um, just keep the pedal to the dagger metal. You know, launch the Max Duggan the, the Max Duggan Heisman campaign with six more touchdowns. Fifty-five fourteen is within play. Let's let's do the damn thing.
1: Yep. Uh, um, um, like uh, uh, it, it is within play that TCU does to Kansas what they did to Oklahoma. Yep, that's that's on the table easily.
0: Also, Sunday, mark this down in the notes that we don't have. We're going to talk about the Max Duggan Heisman campaign. Um, I'm going to to pull some counting stats. No. I'm going to pull some counting stats.
1: No. This is a Heisman Heisman campaign,
0: not a deficiency
1: campaign. If TCU wins, we'll start talking about it. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If TCU wins, we'll compare Max Duggan to Stetson Bennett line by line and tell me which one you think deserves the Heisman. I love Stetson Bennett. That's not fair. He's fine. uh, He's fine. Don't say ridiculous things about him and then get mad when other people. Anyway. Anyway, worst case scenario is Jalen Daniels stretches a TCU defense that has not faced four quarters of a dual threat quarterback. Very thin. TCU cannot take a breath on defense. And this game is like 24 to 12 Kansas. Max Duggan gets yeah. pressured. He makes some mistakes. Maybe there's a defensive touchdown. And Kansas wins this by two scores in a low-scoring game.
0: I was going to say 24-14, but yeah. I was going to pretty much echo you there and everything that um, same worst case. It's, it's just they can't stop Jalen and that that uh, defense that loaded Iowa State for some reason works against TCU, too. Um, as far as actual predictions, I think TCU wins this game by two scores. Um I do think there's opportunities for TCU to put up points. Give me 38, more than two scores. Give me 38 to 17, TCU.
1: I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna like Kansas score a little bit more. I'm gonna go 35 to 21. Okay. Is, that, that's a little bit better than Griffin? my numbers. My numbers are 32 yeah. to 25, TCU over Kansas. But uh, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna spread it out a little bit.
0: Do we need to talk about Griffin Kell?
1: Dude, I, to go for two. What's wrong with you?
0: I I think he's fine. I think it was just an aberration. But just something to keep an eye on.
1: Something weird. It's uh, weird.
0: Because I do like Griffin. Okay. Let's run down a little bit of the Big 12 scene before we go to the national games. Parker, we're going to start with oh, – by the way, all lines are via the BetUS website. Uh, and if I could sort by conference, that'd be great. Kansas State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Iowa State. Get, dude, I am taking every bit of Kansas State money for this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I took that on both BetUS and, and Parker's previews. I think Kansas State's a pretty good bet here.
0: It, it seems pretty obvious. Um, Texas Tech is a nine-point dog at Oklahoma State. A lot of points, but Oklahoma State at home, I, I I'm kind of willing to ride with Oklahoma State here. I think they're a much better team than Texas
1: Tech. Absolutely. I think Donovan Smith's too erratic. Texas Tech's offensive line is not very good against a good front. I have this about 11 points. I will say Oklahoma State last week in Waco played Baylor's game and beat them at it. And so I, I, I'm very yeah. high on Oklahoma State going forward. I think the Texas Tech first-year experience was fun, but we know what Houston is. And, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to come back to Earth for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, I don't know why we're talking about this game because it's a, bu- a couple non-ranked teams that don't really play a role in the national spotlight. But Oklahoma is a seven-point dog at the Cotton Bowl against Texas. I think a lot of that has to do with Dylan Gabriel probably not being the starting quarterback. With that in mind, I'm going to take Texas. But I've seen this game happen several times, and Oklahoma always seems to win. I said that on the Statistically Speaking podcast. I'm going to flip that now, and I'm going to take Texas uh, getting or giving seven
1: I took Texas as a pick here, too. I think Gabriel won't play. They'll probably start booty because Davis Bevel is like an uncoordinated monster. I don't know what kind of offense you can run with him, but it did not look good. So I'll go Texas here. Even if yours isn't back, I think with Card, they've figured out their stride. They've kind of leveled out. I'm I'm high on them. I think they're much better than their numbers. So I'm going to go Texas here. I,
0: I hope viewers plays. I really like Quinn Um
1: It's fun. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun.
0: Baylor and West Virginia are both on buys this week. So, we will take our eye to the national stage. Where? Oh, I like this one. I'm going to throw it at you just because I think it's fun. Rutgers is a three-point dog hosting Nebraska, and I'm taking Rutgers.
1: I think I got in trouble on the BetUS show today because they asked me about it. And I was like, dude, does Big Ten football want me to hate it? Like, is that the desired <laughs> outcome here? Because I yeah, do man, not that's been care the whole thing. This game at all. Um, numbers say Nebraska slightly. I don't care. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I know. I just, I, I, love, I, I love that game so much. George is a 29 point favorite hosting Auburn. I think I think it was the full cast again. We quoted them already. Auburn might just be letting Brian Harson coach this game as a punishment, and then they're going to fire
1: him. Yeah, beatings will continue until morale improves or whatever. Um, I yeah, I, I,
0: twenty odds too big. But
1: go back to the Bet US show last week. I went on a pretty big rant about why you shouldn't bet Missouri versus Georgia and. It's just the idea of like you're just not going to consistently make money betting against these huge lines. You're betting on garbage time. That, it's not good process. Yeah, George is bored. Um, they're bored.
0: They're bored. They're very bored. Michigan State is a 27 point dog hosting Ohio State. What's the over? Excuse me. What's the over under for this game? I, it was uh, it was
1: 64 and a half when I pulled it yesterday. Morning.
0: 65 now. Yeah. Uh, do me a favor. Take the under. Um, don't bother betting the line. Just take
1: the under. Well, because if you bet the over, you're betting. Okay, if you bet the over, you're betting on Peyton Thorn. Think about that. Yeah, you're betting on Peyton Thorn versus Jim Knowles. Think about your life.
0: Sit with that for a minute. Uh, Tennessee is at LSU. The line that I see is three. Uh, Tennessee is a three-point favorite at LSU. Give me Tennessee there.
1: Um, numbers have Tennessee I'm actually kind of enthralled with uh, LSU here I think that's a lot of fun there's a lot of mojo Um, Tennessee's defense hasn't really been challenged I'll go I'll go LSU as a dog okay
0: I like that Um, what else do we got uh UCLA is a three and a half point dog hosting Utah. UCLA is feisty. This, you know what? Give me UCLA. Give me the home dog there.
1: Yeah, this is, I, I on the show. I talked about U, Utah four and a half was a little too big. At three and a half, I'd be inclined to take them. I think. I think I'd go Utah here. Is Keithy back? It depends on if they're if they're they're tight end. They're I'm so not- dependent on these big sets. So that kind of depends on on whether he's back. But I'll I'll take Utah here.
0: And we'll end with this. Alabama's a 24-point favorite hosting Texas A&M. I don't care if Bryce Young plays. Give me Alabama. I'm taking all 24 points.
1: Well, if Bryce Young's not playing, I don't know if I can bet on this. But here's, here's, here's what I'll do. I'll paint you a picture. What if Haynes King comes in and he beats Alabama like Zach Caldaza, Calzada did last year? And then – Jimbo's like, actually, you're not that good. I'm going to ship you off. He transfers to Auburn and beats out Zach Calzada next year. Haynes King has the starting quarterback at Auburn. The, the the possibilities for hilarity from the results of this game are endless. It would be the funniest result in college football, maybe in my lifetime, if Texas A&M beat Alabama this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't even think they're going to cover. But it would be so funny that I can't help but root for it.
0: See, you and I have different definitions of funny because – I live amongst Texas a A&M fans. Parker, the gloating that happened last year and the proof that this was Jimbo's plan all along, A&M is going, er, is going to lose by 40, and Nick Saban is not going to break a smile the entire time.
1: You have receipts, though. Walking you into can the, point back to last year and say...
0: This is Darth Vader walking into the space base. <clears throat> I don't know I'm not a Star Wars nerd. And just unveiling the light... Like, it's not even that it's anakin walking into the padawans and be like no i'm about to clean house like they're not going to mess around it's going to be it's going to be a really really funny win parker is there anything else we have to talk about before we sign off
1: here no i don't think i'm trying to think on air if there's anything else i need no i think we're i think we're good i think we've yeah i think we've done a good job of uh Getting a survey of things we're interested in. I feel good about that. This podcast's gone on very long. Where are we? Why do we do Kansas podcasts so long?
0: Well, <laughs> behind the scenes, we're cutting like four minutes.
1: Of okay, that's fair. Reading. That's fair. Remember, yeah. but, remember that a non-SMU account was like weird flex to do a, an hour and a half podcast about yeah. a team you don't care about. What I was the like, hell was who that? Who said? Who said we don't care about SMU, too? Buddy, I've had two beers. I'm talking to my friend Grant. I'll go an hour and a half about friggin' Tennessee Tech if I want to. <laughs> they Cook in I don't know if you knew
0: that. <laughs> 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 this has been the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGallier. You can find me on Twitter, at Grant McGallier. It's spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. He's Parker Fleming. He's at Stats of War. He's also on the Bet US Show, which one of the episodes aired Wednesday, which is today that we record this. Where can people watch that?
1: They can go to YouTube and just search BetUS NCAA F or College Football Show. Also, I'm on Three Dog Thursday, Grant, this week. It's a BetUS show that's like a ladder match kind of a deal. And I picked two college games and I picked for the first time in history, I picked an NFL game live on the air. So uh, if I win, I, get, I come back next week. So Three Dog Thursday, I'm sure I'll retweet it tomorrow when it comes out. Um, We recorded that today, but uh, yeah, just just follow me on Twitter and and BetUS on on YouTube. You can find all that there.
0: Parker thinks I do that as a bit to like have him explain it to the listeners when to listen to the BetUS show. I don't listen to anything he says, so I have no idea when the BetUS show is. This is news to me every week. Um, Parker, TCU is playing undefeated Kansas in Lawrence with game day there. Let's have ourselves a Saturday. Go Frogs.
1: Go Frogs.